Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Welcome, everybody, to the RTC Weekly Download. I'm Jim Dolan, your host for the program this week. Your host for the program most weeks, in fact. This time, we have experimental drama for you. It's from the CBS Radio Workshop. It's called A Matter of Logic. Well, we'll hear uh, the actor William Conrad objecting to the script a little bit, and you hear what goes on behind the scenes in radio, so to speak, in this experimental drama called A Matter of Logic from 1956. And stay tuned, because Charlie McCarthy follows next. CBS Radio presents the CBS Radio Workshop, dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. Tonight, a study in semantics, or a play on words. It is written by Anthony Ellis and is called A Matter of Logic. All right, Bill, Bill, hold it, hold it. You mind, Bill? I'd like to get a timing on this thing. We're late now. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. All right, hold it quiet now. We'll start again from the top. Keep it quiet, real quiet. From the top again. Hey, uh, Tone. Yes, Bill? Look, seriously, while you stop, it's none of my business, but... You got three titles in there. The show's confusing enough as it is without that. Can't you cut it? Bill, Bill, look, we've got an hour until we go on the air. Now, can we finish the dress rehearsal first? We've spent the whole bloody afternoon Okay, okay, okay. I'll keep my mouth shut. All right, once more, please. You from the top. Keep it quiet. All right, here we go. CBS Radio presents the CBS Radio Workshop, dedicated to man's imagination. The Theater of the Mind. Tonight, a study in semantics, or a play on words. It is written by Anthony Ellis and is called A Matter of Logic. Well, Bill, that's supposed to be a word cue for you. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Tony. I was just, uh, I was just trying to figure it out. That's figure all. what out? Well, how to do this thing, Tony. Well, don't you think it's a little late for that, Bill? Why don't you just try it all the way through? Maybe it'll come together. You've spent most of the rehearsal arguing about the logic. Now, perhaps if you try a performance... Oh? Well, if you don't like my performance, Tony, maybe you better get yourself another boy, I huh? haven't heard a performance yet. Now, come on, Bill, please. Look, you've given me 26 minutes of monologue to play. That's a lot of double talk, and I don't understand it. Nobody in the studio understands it, and the audience is not going to understand it. But you want me to give a performance, huh? Wait a minute. I'll come out. We'll get this thing settled once and for all. Cast, you might as well take five minutes. I'll be right out. Where's coffee? Yeah. Hugh? Yeah? You know what this is all about? Do you understand it? Well, don't ask me, Bill. I'm neutral. I just want to get a timing on my closing announcement. We'll probably have cuts, and I don't know what to do with it. You want coffee, Will? Uh, yeah, yeah, Stace, would you? I, I know he wants to do a dress, Stace, but what's the use? I don't know what the narrator's talking about half the time, and the other half's a lot of nonsense anyway. I, I don't know what he wants me to do. As far as I'm concerned, he might have just as well fill the time with a half hour of music. I can't do this thing. Oh, stop it. Why do you want your coffee? No, black. Okay. Been on my back all day long. Maybe he knows what he wants, but I don't. All right. Now, just as soon skip the rehearsal if I can get you to understand the show. I'll take a chance of getting off the air on time. Cars, will you hold it down, please? Hold it quiet. Now, what's the problem, Bill? Are you kidding, Tony? I don't understand any part of this thing. 
Ben. Well, I don't see why not. Stacy. Yeah? Stacy, you want to tell him in a couple of words? Seems to me at this point it shouldn't take much more than that. Oh, you just leave me out of it, Father. I've been through this before with you two, remember? Well, Scotty, you want to call a coffee shop? I, I think there's a lot to be said for both sides. Oh. All right, Carly. Right now I'd like to do the side that Bill's got to play. You want to tell him? Well, I, I see your point, Well, Bill. thank you, Paul. Well, Tony wrote the script and... Well, he must have known what he had in mind. Didn't you, Tony? Thanks a lot, <laughs> Fred? Fred? Oh, I'm sorry, Tony, I wasn't listening. What page you on? Oh, that's all right. It's all right, Fred. Well, Mary Jane, you got any ideas? Well, I think, well... Look, airwaves are something. You can't see airwaves. But they are something. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the sun rays. You know the uh, what are those rays? The sun rays. Co the cosmic rays. Now there's something you can't see them. Well, how about sound? You know the largest tree in the forest can fall, but unless the disturbed air caused by the crash reaches the eardrum of some living thing, there will be no sound. Oh, oh really? All right, hold it down. This isn't getting us anywhere. Quiet, please, Look, will you? Tony, don't worry about them understanding it. I'm the guy who has the problem. I'm the guy saddled with 99 million words. Look, why don't you worry about me understanding? And I don't understand it, and I don't know where to start. All right, Bill. Let's start at the beginning. We've been through that. All right, we'll do it again. Line uh, 17. Hold it quiet, will you please? 17, uh, definition, page one. It's pointless to no, me. No, 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 no. Not if it makes you understand. Line 17. Now, come on, Bill. Let's try it. All right. Nobody. A noun. Meaning no person. No one. Hence, a person of no influence, importance, or social standing. An insignificant person. Okay, fine. Now, let's stop right there. Now, forget the script for a minute. I'd be delighted. Oh, come on, Bill. Now, I'm trying to get this I, thing I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bill. All right. Now. Nobody. Meaning, no person. No one. Hence, a person of no influence, no importance. But they're not the same thing, Tony. They're separate and distinct. And besides, that's not what you're saying in the script. Well, what am I saying? You're saying nobody, no-body, is really somebody. That's right. In order for there to be a nobody, there has to be a, or has to have been, a somebody. It's a play on words, then, Tony, but it isn't logic. But of course it is, Bill. Oh, no, it isn't. Now, wait, Look, wait, wait, you wait, can't... wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, look here. Supposing you and Junior at home, uh, telephone ring, <laughs> Probably for you anyway. Yeah, honey, I will. Hello. Hello, hello. Who was it, honey? I don't know. Nobody's there. They must have had oh. Nobody was there, Bill. Right? Yeah, that's right. Tony. But there had to be somebody on the other end to ring your phone. What's the point? That particular nobody, the one on the phone, was somebody. Not when I answered the phone, he was. Let me finish. Let me finish now. That's one nobody. All right, now here's another one. Uh, you're home. It's dinner time. Somebody comes to the door. Bill, someone's at the door. I'm getting the dog's food ready. Okay, I'll go. Lisa, honey, will you please be quiet? Huh. 
was it? Nobody. Uh, probably some kids. Nobody, Bill. But somebody rang the doorbell. Junie said someone was at the door. Mm -hmm. I'm not arguing with uh, Up to now, though, you follow me. I understand that when I go to the door, there's no body at the door. The absence of a body. Hmm? Nobody. All right. Nobody. And the same thing with nothing. Nothing can also be something. Well, let's finish with nobody. No, 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 no. They tie up. Now, you don't understand what I'm trying to say in the script, Bill, that nobody is really somebody and nothing is always something. That's the whole idea. They're inseparable. Now, look, let's take nothing. Go ahead. You're upstairs. You're in bed. And now you've put the light out, and you're almost asleep, and suddenly Junie turns over and shakes you. Bill. Bill. What? Bill, I heard something downstairs. What is it? Wake up. Bill. What is it? I heard something. Where, honey? Downstairs. Oh, darling, the dogs would have barked. Now go to sleep. No, I heard it again. Just now there is something, Bill. Oh, for... <coughs> right. Seems to me you're always hearing something. Well, I do. Listen. Oh, it's probably a tree branch. No, it isn't. We should wear earplugs. Be careful. Of what? You look all over downstairs, Bill. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. So you go back upstairs, and Junie says to you... What was it? I told you nothing. There's nobody there. Nothing wrong. Nothing there. Nobody there. But you both heard a sound. Well, you say we did. I didn't, Tony. Besides, why have I always got to be the one who answer the phones and the doorbells and get up in the middle of the night? Why don't you oh, let her well, do that's it? Funny. Well, no, let's not, let's not be funny. I'm, I'm as sick of this thing as you are, Bill. I doubt that, We've got Tony. a show to put on the air in about 40 minutes, and it's going to go on. Now, will you please try to help? You haven't said anything new, Tony. I know what you're getting at. You're saying nobody, nothing, are somebody and something. Tangible somebodies and somethings, but they're not, Tony. Now... If you want to make a play on words, that's all right with me. But what you're asking me to do is make reality out of fantasy, and that's the way you want me to play it. But I can't do it, Tony. It can't be done. It's not logic, and we can sit here for ten hours. That's not going to change But anything. you do agree that nobody is the absence of somebody? Obviously. As an example. Oh, that's not. I don't As want an example, example, you're a policeman. You get a call about a murder. You go to the scene of the crime, and while you're there... Excuse you, uh, me, Mr. Ellis. Yes, Hugh. I'd like to be able to run through the closing before we go on the air. There are a couple of It's things. all right. We'll have time. Now, don't worry about it. Thank you. Look, uh, Tony, why don't we just forget about it? I'll, I'll do no, my best. No, 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 no. This, this may help to straighten it out. Now, look, you're a policeman. You go to the scene of a crime. Yeah. When you get there, the officer on the beat's waiting for you. What happened? There, as I can find out, there's been a murder, sir. The witnesses report hearing shots and a scream. Uh, they're right over there. You want to talk to them? Where's the body? Well, that's the funny part about it. There isn't one. No body. What do you mean, no body? You said a murder's been committed. Yeah, I know, but when I got here, there was no body anywhere around. Well, what happened to it? I don't know, sir. Nobody seems to know. Now, 
That's the absence of somebody, some corpse. In other words, no corpse, nobody. Go on. And the officer says nobody seems to know. Now, that's a different nobody, so. But the nobodies who don't seem to know anything about the missing bodies are the witnesses, right? Yeah. And the witnesses are somebodies, but they're also nobodies. Look, Tony, I'm tired. I'd just as soon drop the whole thing. You're right. You are right. I can do the show, and I will do the show. And you understand it? No, I don't understand it, Tony. All you've managed to do is make it even more confusing. Well, I think we're on the right track. You'll see it in a minute. Well, I guess as soon not. Well, we've gone this far. Now, let's finish. None of this has got anything to do with the script I've got to do, though, Tony. Bill, it's got everything to do with it if you'll just be open-minded about Look, it. Look, you're very convincing. If you want two and two to make five for the sake of argument, you can do it with fantasy. You can do anything. I agree with you. Two and two make five. But it isn't logic, Tony. It's fantasy. That I can play if you want me But to. I don't want you to play it as a fantasy, Bill. I want you to play it as a realistic piece, because it is reality. We're back where we started. Are you deliberately trying to be arbitrary, Bill? Oh, come off. Knock it off, I mean Tony. it. Listen, I'm just an actor. You wrote this epic. You're directing it. If you can make me understand what you want, I'll play it for you. It's not my fault if you're inarticulate. Or you're so blasted obstinate that you won't see what I'm trying to say. What? What are you trying to say? Right, I wish you'd tell me. me. Look, if I can't understand, how do you expect the audience to, huh? I've got a wonderful idea. Why don't you play this thing yourself and I'll go sit in your little control room and wave my finger at you? How you about that? If it weren't so late, Bill, I'd try that. I'll bet you would, yeah. That's a nice piece of arrogance. Do you mind if we get into personalities after the show, Bill? I'm sorry, Tony. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry fellas. It's all right. It's all right. It's my fault, too. Now, look, I'm trying to see your side, Bill. I really am. Will you, will you just do one thing for me? Now, maybe this will clear it up. Yeah, sure. Uh, turn to page 21. 21. Yeah. Line 8. No. Let's start on 10. Yeah, that's it. That great assemblage of yeah, is line 10. Who are they? That great assembly of nobodies. Where do they come <coughs> from? But why should I be afraid... They're non-existent. They can't. They don't affect me. Well? <sighs> well? Well, that's it, isn't it? What, Tony? Who are the nobodies? Where do they come from? Will you tell me? I still don't get it. Bill, by the time you get to that speech, you've already been answering the question for 20 pages, and you can't even see no, it. No, I can't oh, see oh, it. Oh, Hold it, hold it, Stacy, will you? Bill... That's the whole point of the show. You, the narrator, tells the audience that nobodies are somebodies. You spend 20 minutes doing it, but the, the twist at the end is that because you're so logically minded, so, so analytical, you're not flexible enough to encompass the enormity of the truths you've been saying. Are you talking about me now or this character I'm the playing? The character. All right. Now for me, huh? Little old Bill, you tell me. Where do they come from, Tony? I'm as stupid as this character I'm playing. Where do these nobodies come okay. from? Okay, okay. You said it somewhere back on... 10, either 10 or 11, doesn't matter. Look, I'll give it to you simply. Yeah, you do that. You make it very simple. Don't worry, I will. Excuse me, Mr. Ellis. Yes, Hugh, what? I'll be able to get that timing on the close one in case you want some cuts. We only got You'll, you'll have time, Hugh, before Ed. Now, don't worry. Thank you. I don't know why I took this call. I could have gone fishing. Today. Well, nobody twisted your arm. Oh, though. don't say nobody that way, please. <laughs> All right. Now, look. Just keep an open mind and listen. Okay, open mind and I'm listening. Nobody's are really somebody. You said that. I'm saying it again. All the nobodies we hear about, the nobody on the phone, nobody at the door, all of them, they're somebody. Where do they come from? Well, all right. Let's say you and I go out for lunch, dinner. Yeah. We're having a drink. 
Somebody comes into the restaurant, anyone. You see him, I don't know him, but you do. You lean across the table to me and you say, Hey, Tom, look over there. Hmm? See that fella coming in with a blonde? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a bum. That's the biggest nobody in the business. Let me tell you what he did. Now, Bill, what did you call him? I called him a nobody, Tony. I know what you're no, getting no, at. You better let me tell you what I'm getting at. It'll save time. All right, now. That nobody that you saw in the restaurant, say he died about a year later. Oh, well, that's too bad. And well, what happened to him? Oh, he became Bridie Murphy. Huh? All right, Bill, now I'm look. sorry. Go on. He died. He died and became one of that great assembly of nobodies. Uh-huh. He's one of them. Like all the others, everybody who's ever been called a nobody, after they die, they come back. They're the nobodies who ring doorbells and aren't there when you answer, who ring phones and hang up. Oh! Well, now you do understand? Well, I understand, Tony. That this is a very cute fantasy, Tony, a play on words. All the slobs I've ever called nobodies come back to haunt me, huh? Oh, well, this I understand, and it's very clever, and it's very cute. And you really understand? I said I understand. Good. And do you understand that those nobodies, they don't like being nobodies, they want to be somebodies? Kind of neurotic ghosts, huh? Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense for a fantasy, Tony. That's fine, that's fine. Now, you've got half of it, Bill. What you call the fantasy, what I call the fantasy of the show, but there's also the logic in the show. No. Clear, cold logic, realism, fact. I don't care what you call it, Bill, and I guess this is the thing that's throwing you, the combination of the two. Must be. The character you're playing doesn't believe in ghosts, so that nobody who rings the bell has to have substance for you. Therefore, he is somebody. No, he isn't, Tony. He's the absence of the somebody. If nobody's standing outside my door, somebody isn't standing out there either. That's right. He was gone when you answered, but he's somebody. He's somewhere around. He has to be. You know, I got a wonderful idea. Why don't you sell this routine to Abbott and Costello. It's better than who's on oh, first. That's fine. You're a big help, Bill. Thank you. All right, you. all right. Okay, all hold right. It, hold it, hold it. Look, right. Tony, we've taken long enough over this. Just tell me how you want me to play it and let's get the thing over with, huh? Realistically, Bill, that's all. Huh. That's all. You asked me to tell you how I wanted you to play it. I've told you. You can't combine fantasy and realism, no, Tony. No, you can't, Bill, and I can. I've done it, and there's the script. All right, then I'm a lousy actor. I'm sorry. So am I, but that's not getting the show on the air. Look, let me ask you something. You want me to read this stuff straight, huh? And believable? That's right. The fantasy part, too? Yes, yes, but you make it fantasy, remember, only because you don't want to believe that it's logical. That is happening. It's, uh, it's your way in the story of running away from reality. I'm running away from nobody. Yes, huh? you are. Oh, well, boy, that's pretty scary stuff, that is. Oh, if I don't watch out, all the nobodies will come some dark night and get me, huh? Well, that's real strong stuff. It's raw and true to life and documentary. You know, Bill, that's not a bad idea. The nobodies all over the world, they don't like people like you. You're a somebody. A big somebody. Thank you very much, Mr. Ellis. Mm -hmm. And people like you, somebodies like you, call them nobodies. Make them nobodies. And the poor swine, they try to get even. Ringing doorbells. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really get them even. It's a pretty empty victory. Now, the one with the least influence, importance, the most insignificant nobody of all, he's the one who gets a thought. We'll make a list. We'll make a list of everybody, anybody who's done this to us, made us what we are, nobodies. 
We wanted to be somebody's all our lives, and they, they pushed us down, squashed us. So we'll just make a list. You mean a list through all the ages? Oh, no, no, just the dangerous ones, the, the somebody's living today. What'll we do with them? What they've done to us. Make them nobodies? Well, why not? But how? We've tried murder, they always catch somebody for the crime. They don't believe that nobody did it. They don't believe in nobody. Well, we can make them believe. We'll make all those big, important, influential somebodies like us. But the only difference is, they won't have to be dead first. They'll just disappear right off the face of the earth. But how can we do it? How can we make them disappear? Well, we use the same method with them as we do with ourselves when we ring a doorbell or make a noise in a house at night. Dissolution. They'll vanish. Poof. Do you think it would work? Surely it must have been tried before. Not that I've heard. At least it's worth the effort. And I know who we'll start with. Who? An actor. Now remember what he used to call me. He thinks he's a big somebody. An actor. His name's William Conrad. Yes, sir, we'll start with William Conrad. And when I'm finished with him, he'll be the greatest nobody, the most worthless non-entity in all of existence throughout time. You know, I'm getting pretty sick of this, Tony. What, Bill? You sitting there making snide remarks about no, me? No, nonsense. I'm a writer. I've outlined a fable. It's just an extension of the story we're supposed to be doing in about ten minutes. Uh, maybe someday I'll make it the sequel. Not with me, you won't. Oh, come on. I'm only kidding. I don't feel like kidding, Tony. Well, there doesn't seem to be anything else to do. Look, you might as well relax until airtime, Bill. Take it easy. i got to go in and time Hugh's closing. Okay. Hugh Douglas. Ready, Mr. Ellis. Hey, uh, Tony, wait a minute. Hold it, Hugh. Yes, Bill. Look, let me get one thing straight. Huh? I, I, I know it's a little late and we'll probably never agree, but for my own ego as an actor, I, I'd like to have at least some idea of what i got to do with your script, huh? Yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. All right, now, you say this show's logical, for forgetting the fantasy, and, well, so help me for the last time, you say that in reality, in substance, nobody and nothing are absolutely and definitely somebody and something, right? That's right, that's right. The whole story is built on that premise. And you believe that, huh? Yes, you know I believe it. Now, this isn't a philosophical discussion. Huh? Not as far as I'm concerned. All right, will you grant me this? If I can prove to you that you're wrong, and well, I'm not just saying this because I want to be right, but if I can prove to you that you're wrong, will you come over and uh, uh, Bill, on my well, side... Are we going to do this thing, fellas? All right, oh. hold it quiet. Go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry, go ahead. Look, I'm just trying for the last time to understand this thing, huh? Now, look, if I prove that you're wrong, that you're making a play on words, that it's a matter of semantics, this nobody-somebody business, will you let me play the show for what I think it is, a very nice imaginative piece, but not to be taken for anything else? Not realism, not logic, just pure romantic Bill, fantasy. Bill, Bill, dear old Bill, if you can prove that in five minutes, you sing the part if you want to, do anything you want with it. But if not, will you do it my way? Will you try to make it realistic? Okay, Tom, you got a deal. Um, who's that behind you, Tony? Hmm? Where? Nobody. Nobody there. Ah, there, you see? Nobody there. Nobody there. Am I right? Yeah. 
Did you hear anybody, Tony, anything behind you before I told you to turn around? No. And there wasn't anybody, was there? No. You're sure now? Well, come on. Yes, I'm sure. So what? Uh, Hugh, uh, no, no, no. Turn around and face me, Tony. Uh, Hugh, uh, you mind standing behind Tony and making a noise or uh, saying something? Mr. Ellis, I wish we could time that closing. It's getting awfully close to airtime, you know. Did you hear him, Tony? Well, of course I heard him. Well, turn around. Oh, come on now. Is Bill. somebody there? Turn around, Tony. Take a look. All right. All right. Now, what does that prove? Somebody's there, Tony, right now. Hugh Douglas. But a minute ago, when you turned around, nobody was there. Nobody. You see? And that nobody wasn't somebody. Now, was it? Hmm. All right. Now, uh, look at this table. Right here. You see anything? No. There's nothing on the table, huh? Nothing. No thing. You can't hear it. You can't see it. You can't feel it because it doesn't exist. Am I right? He's right. No, all right. Let's There's nothing quiet, there. Please. Let's have it quiet. All right. Go on. Go on. All right, now. What's that, Tony? Well, you... It's a quarter, right? Yes, it's a quarter. A quarter. Something, huh? You see it, you feel it, you even heard it when I threw it on the table. But the nothing on the table a second ago wasn't something until I threw that quarter down there. Now, was it? Hmm. Mr. Ellis, we've only got three and a half minutes. If you're going to want to make any cuts, I've got oh, the All right, Hugh, all right, in a minute. We'll have time now, don't worry. Uh, well, let, me, let me think a minute, Bill. Oh, well, go ahead, Tony. We've got all kinds of time. There's nothing... You see, Tony, that's what I've been trying to tell you. We got a nice uh, fantasy to play wait here, a minute. but that's wait, wait a minute. Will you let me think, please? If you'll just accept the fact that it isn't logic and you'll let me play it as a fantasy, we'll have a good show, Tony. Well, a, a fair show, anyway. I'd know what to do with the part. I could understand how to play it, Tony. Bill? I hate to admit it, but you know something? What? You're right. It's a play on words. Well, thank you. Three minutes. Three minutes. Now it makes sense, huh? Oh, you know, it just wouldn't have worked, Tony, the other way. Me trying to play against what you've written. Well, that's why I couldn't figure it out. No, you're right, Bill. You are right, and I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, and I've given you a bad oh, time. Oh, forget it, Tony. I'll admit you had me gone for a while. You know, you can be awfully convincing when you want to be. I was beginning to wonder if two and two did make five. Well, I tell you, I'll, I'll buy you a drink after the show. Now, I'll make it two drinks. Okay. Mr. Ellis. Yes, just a second, Hugh. Now, look, um, Cast, I'm, I'm sorry about that dress rehearsal, but will you just play it as you did on the first and second readings? It was fine, sounded fine. This nonsense of mine won't affect you. Bill knows what to do. My apologies. Mr. Ellis. Yes, Hugh. Yeah, look, uh, why don't you just make an optional ten-second cut? That'll do it, and if I need, um, if I need it, I'll give you the signal, all right? Well, I haven't even seen Hey, uh, Tom, look, there's just one more thing. Yes, Bill. Look, you know, at the end of the script where I'm supposed to be afraid of the nobody's coming to get me, you know, mm -hmm. do you think if I cut line 25 that maybe... What? Maybe. Well, what, Bill? What's that noise? I don't hear anything. Listen, Tony, you, you can hear it. No, it, it's just ringing in your ears. Nothing. But it is something. Uh, now, look, uh, this What's is a good cut noise? that uh, Bill suggested. Uh, Cars, will you make this cut on page 21? Uh, page 21, 21, line 25, and that's cut, all right? Yeah. Two minutes. Now, is Bill going to finish the speech, or do I... What's the matter, MJ? Were you sick? Mary Jane? Uh, Bill. What? He... He's gone. Well, he's... He's probably just gone out... No, he was standing there right behind you, I was looking at him, and he just disappeared in front of my eyes. 
What are you talking about? Bill? Bill? Mr. Ellis, I've got to read this through. Where's Bill? Tony, you're standing right behind you. Well, I know. Bill? Harley, you see him? Did anybody see Bill? I was looking at him. I saw him, and and, and he just wasn't there. Bill? Bill! Where did he go? Hey, Bill! I've got to do this closing. Will somebody please, please time the closing? What's going on out there? I don't know. Bill Conrad seems to have disappeared or something. Well, better go ahead anyway. We'll time the closing. Okay. CBS Radio has presented the CBS Radio Workshop from Hollywood tonight, A Matter of Logic, which was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis. Mr. William Conrad and Mr. Ellis were heard as themselves. Others in our cast were Stacey Harris, Mary Jane Croft, Hugh Douglas, Barley Bear, Fred Mackay, Ben Wright, Robert Chadwick, and Bill James. This is Hugh Douglas inviting you to join us again next week when we again present the CBS Radio Workshop. Suppose 500 forest fires were going to break out tomorrow and that 450 were going to be started by people like you. Fantastic? Not at all. Judging by past year's figures, that's exactly what we can expect. Unless we agree to be careful and make man-made fires a thing of the past. Stay tuned for five minutes of CBS News to be followed on most of these same stations by My Son Jeep. America listens most to the CBS Radio Network. And there's just a taste of the experimental radio drama done in the late 50s after radio had kind of uh, given way to television for drama and that kind of entertainment and uh, was doing music. But it gave us a chance to hear some experimental stuff and we have to be thankful for that. Next is not such an experimental thing. It's going to be Charlie McCarthy. But his friend Edgar Bergen, who is very closely attached to Charlie and in many ways. Here they are with John Robert Powers from 1944. Makers of Chase and Sanborn Coffee bring you Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, and Effie Clinker with Orson Welles, Ray Noble, and his orchestra, Joan Merrill, yours truly, Jim Amici, and Charlie's special guest, John Robert Powers. Oh, Wellsie. Now, never mind that, Charlie. Uh, never mind calling Orson. Uh, you're not going to start off by insulting each other. You want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> Where's old Fatso? Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here, Splinter Puss. <laughs> if I have any trouble with you, I'll put you to sleep. Well, you could do it easy with one of your recitations. <laughs> Why, you woodpecker's box lunch? Boys, boys, shame on you. What's the matter, Joni? Well, I wish you wouldn't insult Mr. Wells. That's not a bit nice. What's nicer than that? (laughs) Well, you could keep quiet and listen while Joan sings, This Can't Be Love. (laughs) 
sorrows, no sighs. This can't be love, I get no dizzy spell. My head is not in the skies. My heart does not stand still. Hear it be, this is too sweet to be love. This can't be love because I feel so well. But still I love to look in your eyes. This can't be love because I feel so well. No sob, no sorrows, no sigh. This can't be love. I get no dizzy spells. My head is not. Edgar, what's this I hear about you getting into trouble with police on Halloween? Oh, it was, it was nothing, Jim. It was nothing at all. Burton got arrested. Burton got arrested. Uh, tell me what happened, Edgar. Well, you see, we were invited to a Halloween party, and I was standing on the corner waiting for Charlie. And I was dressed in a hobo outfit. And a cop arrested me for vagrancy. Arrested you for vagrancy? Did he take you to jail? Well, of course. And that judge of the night court, oh, was he awful. I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh, that poor fellow that was ahead of me, too. All he said was, let me explain. And the judge said, ten days or twenty dollars. Next case. Step up, Curly. <laughs> Your Honor, uh, this is all a mistake. It's Halloween. I know that, pumpkin heads. And you'd better start bobbing for a bail bond. Bailiff. Swear this tramp in. Oh, very well. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, as if I cared? <laughs> I do. I do, I do, I do. Egad, always I do. Isn't anyone ever going to say, I don't? I don't mean to insult you, Bailiff, but you remind me of Ray Noble. Heaven forbid. Yes. Quiet. What's the name? Edgar Bergen. The name sounds familiar. You must have a long record. No. Didn't I once sentence you to Alcatraz? Oh, no, Your Honor, no. Tell me, what do you do for a living? <laughs> well, I... Well, it's... I, well, I... Well, I mean, uh, well, it's... Uh... It must be fascinating work. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed this for anything. Well, speak up. What kind of work do you do? Work? <laughs> Will you translate the word for him, Judge? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm a ventriloquist. Oh, a horse doctor. No. <laughs> no, that's that's veterinary. 
I throw my voice. I make it come from different places. Now I see. Getting ready to plead insanity. No. I... <laughs> I'm not pleading insanity. Ventriloquism is an ancient art. So is pocket picking. Mm. Yeah, I... Put in both of them. <laughs> so is pocket picking. I'm also a comedian. I object. Objection sustained. Young man, what is your name? It's Charlie McCarthy. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Aye. You seem like a fairly intelligent gentleman. Thank God you're getting thick in that stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Judge. If I weren't under oath, I would return the compliment. <laughs> In Brogue, too, you yeah. little kind of Another crack like that, and I'll whittle you down to a gavel. Now, Curly, how long have you been a pickpocket? I am not a pickpocket. I'm a ventriloquist. Okay, prove it. Well, that I can do, and it's easy. But without moving your lips. That kills it. <laughs> do you know I can do a little throwing myself? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm going to toss you in the clink. Yeah. Your Honor, can't you drop the charges? Drop the charge? Well, you've already dropped the accent, or... <laughs> I haven't violated any law. Oh, you haven't, eh? Let me turn to page 98, section 42, paragraph 6. I quote, And then Roland took her into his big, strong arms and kissed her first. Uh-oh, it's the wrong book. <laughs> hey, Judge, will you let me read that after you get through with it? <laughs> Gladly. Yeah. You know, this Roland guy is one of the darndest characters you ever met. <laughs> he tells the girls, he tells them he's not good enough for them, yeah. and then they feel sorry for him. <laughs> sure, right. Uh, you, you, know, you know, I always read their palms. That's my racket. Right? Oh, yeah, and then I tell them they're lonesome. <laughs> Your Honor, you may have nothing much to do, but I wish you'd at least have a little consideration for my time. And time is what I'm going to give you. I will now pronounce sentence in my fine, resonant voice. Uh, Just pronounce it. Don't don't try for the Academy Award. I now sentence you to ten days in jail for vagrancy. That's handing it to him, Buckethead. <laughs> and just for that remark, Mallethead, I sentence you to ten days for contempt. No, oh, Faith, I could do better justice in an auto court. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be any brogue around here, Bergen, I'll handle yes. it. <laughs> just for that, I'm going to make it 20 days. Why don't you make it an even 30 and give us a monthly rate? <laughs> no, you take all the jokes, Bergen, that's all right, but leave me the brogue. It's yeah. all I got. Sure, and that we will. Well, you know, I wish I could give you the time, but our jail, like every other place, is overcrowded. You mean, Your Honor, that there's really a shortage of cells? Oh, conditions are really awful. Mm. We even have to put bars on the windows to keep people from sneaking in. No. Yes. Well, what accommodations can you give us, Judge? Well, I can give you a nice cell on the third floor with twin bunks. Yeah? Does it have southern exposure? Well, no, I'm sorry. Well, then I'm afraid it just won't do. Uh, no, it's it's not what we're accustomed to, you know, Judge. Well, I'm terribly sorry, but believe me, I'm, I'm giving you the best we have. Oh, I guess you're not to blame, personally, but we'd rather not, if you don't mind, we'd just rather not take it. So, 
Thank you, just the same, Judge, and so long, Judge. Well, Judge. you'd better try us again sometime. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Come back here. The one table pleasure that knows no season is delicious, flavorful coffee. It isn't limited to mealtime either. Enjoy it at any hour. Choose delicious Chasen Sanborn coffee. Make every cup an occasion. The superb blend with its extra flavor made the second cup famous. At mealtime, Chasen Sanborn coffee sets off good food to the utmost advantage. And between meals by itself, when you want coffee for coffee's sake, this richer blend is made to order. Enjoy the deep-down satisfying goodness of coffee as it should be. Get Chasen Sanborn. In the past year, more people changed to Chasen Sanborn coffee than to any other kind on the market. That's the biggest swing in coffee history brought about by individuals buying coffee for flavor. And buying coffee on that basis brings Chasen Sanborn new friends every day. You're entitled to all that extra flavor, too, so make sure that you get it. Get the blend that gives you all the flavor going. Ask for Chasen Sanborn coffee. You know, Jim, just imagine. It was 80 years ago that Caleb Chase walked up to James Sanborn and said, Greetings, Gate, let's percolate. <laughs> 80 years ago. Those were truly the happy yesterdays. Orson, do you really think the so-called good old days were better than today? Oh, of course, of course. Take the theater, for example. Irving, Booth, Mansfield, dozens of great actors. Today, there's only one. <clears throat> you know, I've often wondered what it was like living in the old days. Well, why don't you ask Bergen? <laughs> Well, now, don't be silly, Jim. Bergen wouldn't remember what happened 80 years ago. He was just a little boy at the time. Orson, I'm surprised to hear you express preference for the old days. I think the world of the future will be a lot better place to live in, don't you? Oh, you do, do you? Yes, yes. Well, just imagine the two of us meeting on the street, Edgar, 50 years from now. That I do. Nineteen ninety-five, the world of tomorrow. Nineteen ninety-five, the world of stratoliners, television, and stuff. Nineteen ninety-five, it's another baby boy at the Bing Crosby's. Nineteen ninety-five, a mighty good price for a suit with two pairs of pants. A couple of playboys, Buck Bergen and Flash Wells, meet on the plastic sidewalk of New 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 York. Hi, you Flash. Hi, you Buck. I topped you. Say, Flash, you look mighty sharp in your new soybean suit. Oh, thanks, Buck. I got news for you. The soybean will never replace this corn. <laughs> Say, what's that in the back of your suit? Uh, is that a built-in parachute? No, that's me. <laughs> Chunky. Yeah, after 80 years, it still is. Gee willikers, Buck. These are wonderful times we live in, ain't they? I'll say. Yeah. See, last night I kissed a girl before she could slap me. I was three blocks away. <laughs> ain't jet propulsion wonderful? <laughs> see, I hear you have a new secretary. Say, Buck, you ought to see her. 
Some robot. She's got floating power, chromium chassis, and the prettiest stainless steel complexion. Oh. She sounds solid. Solid, yeah. When I'm dictating a letter, you ought to see the way she looks up at me with those big brown rivets. Mm. 123 skidoo, kid. <laughs> Pretty sharp. I'll say. Yeah. Science is wonderful. Have you tried these here new pills? Dr. Frankenstein's Wonder Juice? Yep. Oh, it's marvelous. This is my third set of teeth. Mm. Well, this is my fifth crop of hair. Coming in kind of slow this year, ain't it? Late spring. <laughs> Say, how about a bite to eat? Fine, fine, fine. Here's the slot machine super, Mike, right over here. Mm. Oh, yes, this is the place where everything comes in concentrated pills. Sure do. Well, let's go in. Hey, this is quite a place, isn't it? See those delicious-looking red pills? Yeah. That's tomato soup. Yum, 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 yum. And this brown one is sirloin steak, medium rare. A little white one next to it is onions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You I, like onions. I hear their blue plate special is very good. Oh, it's excellent. Where do we find it? Well, I think it's one of the levers on this super everything machine. Here it is. Let's see. Where are the lunches on this thing? Automobile pills? No, no, no. A permanent wave pills? No, no. No, no. I use curlers. <laughs> Two uh, weeks vacation in 30 seconds pills? No, no, no. Babies? No. no. <laughs> oh, here we are. Blue plate special. Got a nickel buck? Yeah, here you are, Flash. Hey, 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 wait a minute. You're pulling the wrong lever there, aren't you? Holy smokes. Hey, what's the matter here? You and your progress. Look, I'm going to have a baby. To the sweethearts all over the world, Joan Merrill and Ray Noble dedicate Irving Berlin's romantic ballad together. We stroll the land. Thank you. 
I'll see, using double X panchromatic with an F5-6 opening, depth of uh, focus will be 6 feet. Western meter reading will be 80. See, with a K1 filter, see... What are you talking about there, there again? Young man, you're talking to a professional photographer. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> since when? Well, since I learned that John Robert Powers is coming here. Yeah? Yes. What did he do? What did he do? Yeah, well... He's the man who has hundreds of beautiful girls calling on him every day. Yeah? Yes. What's he doing? Peddling hot nylons? No, no. <laughs> no. No, he's an authority on lovely women. You know those gorgeous girls on, on magazine covers? Uh, no, but I wish I did. Yeah. Uh, Ray, you've seen their lovely faces, haven't you? Oh, faces? Well, yeah. I hadn't noticed. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, why, uh, Mr. Powers is the man who supplies the models for many photographers. Uh, oh, he does? Yes. Oh, well, I like him already. Yeah. Maybe we can meet some of those girls, and, you know, and we'll ask him for some of their phone numbers, you know, and then we'll go dancing with the models and see. All right, just a moment. Uh, Charlie, when you're going to do nothing of the kind. Why? Oh, no. Why, you, you can't do that. Can't. No, you can't come right out and ask him for the phone number. Can't you? Oh, no, no. No, I guess you couldn't do that. He, he's wise to that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> oh, I got it to Canva. Well, exactly, of course, you see. That's why I'm a professional photographer. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good for you. <laughs> what about us, though? Well, you and Ray, you'll be my assistants, you see. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, let's all be frightfully scientific and yeah, things, you know. Yeah. We're, we're all photographers. Yes, we're that's all... the idea. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what's going on here, fellows? Oh, we're fixing up a booby trap. <laughs> uh, a booby trap? Yeah, we're going to frame a Mr... Hello, Mr. Powers. Yeah, that's the guy, Powers. Uh, Charlie, uh, this is John Robert Powers. <laughs> Is this... Yes, yes. Oh. Hello, Mr. Powers. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Powers. Awfully jolly meeting you, old thing. <laughs> did, uh, Did you come all alone, Mr. Powers? Uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, mm. Why? Hmm. D didn't you... Didn't you bring any models with you? Uh, no. Uh, no, I never mix business with pleasure. No. Models are my business. Yeah. My stock and trade, Charlie. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, could I help you take inventory? <laughs> Josh, I think. You know, I, I wish I could. I wish I could let you see the list of our of the phone numbers we have. Yeah, well, that's what Bergen and I were saying. We were. Uh, 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 no, 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 sir. We will do no such thing, Mister Powers. We're not interested. No. Well, I'm glad to hear it. For you'd be surprised how many fellows would really like to go out with these beautiful models. You don't say. Oh, isn't that disgusting? <laughs> The cads. <laughs> yes, I make it a rule only to give the phone numbers to professional photographers. Yeah, Johnny, to put He walked right into it, didn't he, Bergen? <laughs> oh, that's a good rule, ain't it, Bergen? Yes, yes. Well, Mr. Powers, it, it so happens that I am a photographer, and I, I feel that it's only right that I should uh, give you uh, some of my business. Yeah, give him the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't know that, Edgar. Um, uh, have you sold any pictures to the magazines? Well, have I? Uh, no, but I've had some very flattering turndowns. Mm. <laughs> well, that, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, what kind of equipment you use? Well, we, uh, we, uh... Yes, yes, uh, uh, Well, mostly, mostly we use a camera. Yes. Well, I, I know, but uh, what kind? Oh, well, we have assorted. No, 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 no. Well, it's a, isn't it a sort of a Charlie? Isn't it a, uh, uh, what is it? Well, it's a, a number two brownie. No, 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 no. No, it's a, it's a very famous camera. It's a, it's a Brown and Snooten house. It's, a, it's an imported camera. Yes, it's important. Yeah, that's what it is. We got it out of a claw machine. No, no, no. <laughs> you open the shutter, a jelly bean falls out. <laughs> it's a sort of a candied camera. All right. You see, John, uh, being a photographer, uh, uh, I can use a model. Uh, oh, uh, then you want a mannequin. No, we want a girly candy. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, uh, tell me, what type do you prefer, the athletic type or perhaps the glamour type? Well, they're both nice. We sort of lean towards the lonesome type. <laughs> well, you might send over, I think that'd be the best, don't you, if you sent over your three or four or six eight or something like that, then we could <laughs> sort of choose the one we wanted to get exactly what we want. Yeah. Well, uh, I doubt it very much if you'd find the perfect model. Mm. Yeah, I dare say you're right, yes. <laughs> Thought we'll have a lot of fun looking. <laughs> well, maybe I can help you out of difficulty mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, let's see. Maybe I could su- suggest the right one. Yes. Uh, well, but first of all, tell me, uh, how do you like your pictures? In the high key or the low key? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a good question. I do. Yes. Well, uh, we. Uh, uh, well, it's, uh, do, Ray, do we use the high key or the low key, Ray? Oh, oh, oh I think it's the low key, mostly B-flat. Mostly B-flat, yes. B-flat, yes. A B-flat? That must be something new. Oh, yes, yes, it is. It's a sort of a tone picture. <laughs> yes, that's Well, right. is it done in colors? Oh, oh. yes, yes. We, we just finished the grand camera suite with a special color by uh, uh, Rimsky Kodachrome. <laughs> <laughs> That must be a remarkable camera. Oh, it is all of that. It is all of that, yes. It's even equipped with a home-on-the-range finder. <laughs> now, um, we, we want the perfect model to try out this new color process is what uh, we're looking for. Yeah, well, I, I think I know just what you need. Oh, I knew you'd come through, yes. Just what would you suggest? Uh, a basket of fresh fruit. You mean, you mean, Mr. Powers, we, we don't get any phone numbers? Uh, no. Mm. Hang up, Bergen, your party line is dead. Yes. And as for you, Mr. Powers, in return for this kind favor, I'll be glad to introduce you to the perfect model. Effie. Effie! Hello, Effie Clinker. This is Mr. Powers. Oh, Mr. Powers. I've just been dying to meet you. Don't tell me you want to be a Powers girl. No, Padone. Yeah, yeah. I say you don't want to be a Powers girl. I want to be anybody's girl. Yeah. Mr. Powers, don't you think I have an hourglass figure? 
Uh, yes, uh, Effie, but I, it's about 40 minutes late. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. I just love to rub my fingers through your eyebrows. No, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, tell me, uh, Effie, what experience have you had? Uh, qu'est-ce que c'est? All right, darling. <laughs> Mr. Powers wants to know if you've had any experience. Well, I had a funny one last night. No, no, no. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. He means, uh, have you ever modeled before? Oh, may we? Yes. I was a model before I could toddle. Isn't that wonderful? Didn't you once tell me that you posed for the uh, Slot and Hammer Pickles? Yes, that's right. Yes. I was the Gherkin Girl. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> The what? The original Pickle Puss. Yes, yes. <laughs> And now you want to go back to modeling. That's right. Yes. I'm tired of hiding my light under my bustle. What? I mean, Heaven's a skill mill, I'm a Your cup and saucer should say, come and get it every time you see them. They should be a symbol of pleasure enjoyed and the promise of still more to come. To make sure that your coffee cup holds that promise and fulfills it every time, fill it with Chase and Sanborn coffee, all the flavor a cup will hold. Start the day with Chase and Sanborn's zippy, tangy wealth of flavor, full of wake up and go. And all through the day, with meals in between, enjoy its satisfying goodness. Right now, Jason Sanborn is fast approaching its 81st anniversary. And through all those years, it's been the byword for supremely delicious, richer, more flavorful coffee. In the past year, more people changed to Jason Sanborn coffee than to any other blend on the market. That's the biggest swing in coffee history. And today, the superb blend is the standard of excellence in millions of homes. There's no reason for you to be satisfied with anything less Ask your grocer for delicious Chase and Sanborn coffee. Be with us again next week when Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snurd, Joan Merrill, Ray Noble, and all of us will be on hand to greet Charlie's special guest, Frank Fay. <laughs> This week, when you're buying coffee, think of us and ask for Chase and Sanborn coffee. Coffee made to serve in times like these. This is Jim Amici saying goodnight from New York's Radio City. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio and hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.